You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. You are in a far-off land with waters as blue as the sky and creatures as envious as your mother-in-law. How's everyone doing today? What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, is it like a D&D thing? you trying to take us into a fantasy land? Yeah, you guys know better than I do, because well, this is a special game. Well, speaking of fantasy, you know the big news of the day. Post Malone now has the one ring. That's true, yeah. Post uh, Malone is the proud owner. Of a Prince Albert? Cast it into the fire! <laughs> what's, what's Destroy it! Post Malone! No, what no. What do you mean he has one a, ring? There was a promotion from a recent Magic the Gathering set from Lord of the Rings tie-in. They made a one ring, hmm. and it was a one-of-one one collectible that was going to sell for millions of dollars to whoever found it. And uh, Post Malone uh, added Bought it, it to from his that collection. Guy, yeah. yeah. Is That's it gonna, nice. Is it going to be displayed in his pink Raising Cane's restaurant? It, it could be. Maybe. It, it worked out for everybody. It is the, the most the expensive card who... he's ever mm-hmm. bought. The, the, his previous record was 800000 for a card he bought. Yeah, oh, it's a, oh, it's not actually a ring. It's no, a it's card. A, it's, a, it's a piece of cardboard. Oh, I see. Yes. Raising but, uh, Cane's no, the, pays well because the he person has who found money. it. <laughs> yeah, the person who found it uh, got good money for it. Post Malone got it's the like ring, which he wanted. or something. Yeah. So everyone's happy. They everybody's got to meet. Happy. They both seem very excited. Seems it's silly for everybody else. It's yeah, just he's some good fun in the world. Buying magic cards, he's living like a rock star. That's I right. think that's the lyrics. I don't remember. I haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> I, I, I don't know any Post Malone songs, really, <laughs> so I can't make a joke. I don't either. I hear he's very nice, but I, I've seen a lot of videos of him on TikTok uh, being nice to fans, but don't know anything else about him. Uh, but it does genuinely seem like a decent person. Well, yeah. Speaking of, we'll, we'll see if he casts it into the fire. Speaking yeah. of casting of fires of uh, spells of magic and and uh, what, what's the um, not bards bards is something I don't know. Yeah. Bards bards cast <laughs> bards spells. Bards are there. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Because we're talking spells. We're talking about uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And we're why talking is that, Dungeons? We're talking. Oh, we have dragon. a special guest, and uh, our guest is bringing us a special Dungeons and Dragons themed game. Yeah, from the uh, the kingdom of Tulsa in Oklahoma, uh, we have our friend Andrew Brown. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Awesome. Doing great. Uh, now, Andrew, if you're in the Discord uh, or the crop uh, the past few years, you might have noticed that Andrew often will uh, bring up a question for the group. Uh, and say things like, you know, uh, we we need the guys to do a D and D campaign. You know, what characters would the guys be in D and D? And at once we thought it was just sort of a fun question, but it seems like Andrew is a huge fan of D and D. Is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, I've been DMing off and on in various ways for the last probably ten years or so. Awesome, That's awesome. And uh, you put together a special Dungeons and Dragons themed game for us today. Yep, uh, there's very little actual D and D like questions, but everything's based on D&D things, all the categories are, so. Uh, but um, I just want to know, what is the difference between uh, a DM or sliding into DMs? What does that mean? So DM is you're the dungeon master. They're the ones who basically, like, run the game. Uh, you can have traditional DMs, like, run modules and stuff like that a lot of times, run official content. I'm more of a homebrew stuff, so I basically create everything from scratch. I've created worlds from scratch. I created histories for the races. I created brand new pantheons for the gods, stuff like that. Okay, and this joke's for Ken. I've, uh, I've always said, Neil, that you would be a, a great DM if, oh, you, thank you. if you so chose. Okay, and so you're, what you're saying is if we were playing T-ball and you slid to me on third base, you would be sliding a DM into a DM. Sure. Okay. He, he would follow the Pete Rose head first way. 
That's right. Uh, and this joke's more for Ken, but uh, Andrew, you said that you're a homebrew, but I thought you were from Tulsa, not Omaha. It's a 311 joke for anyone oh. who likes 311. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh, that is Why is that for specific? me? I'm not I a big I thought, 311. <laughs> That's for the 15 of you who really like that joke. Yes. You got uh, me all mixed up, Neil. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, know, I don't know what to do. All right. We've made so many 311 puns on this podcast. Uh, they're becoming, it's enough. Yeah, I know. They're Anyways, becoming the new bowling. We're uh, all 311 of them. We're all playing together today against uh, Andrew's questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, our teams today are uh, Jeff and Neil. And what's your team name going to be? Jeff came up with it. Yeah. Um, you know, we were just kind of thinking about different character classes. And, and we discussed that Neil would probably be a bard. And, and then just the name Bards and the Bees popped bards into my and head. The bees. So and the bards Matt, and the Bees. What are we going to be? Uh, sorcerer. I barely know her. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, let's get uh, the rules from our DM. Darren. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Are you Carly Simon? Because nobody does it better. You're the cream of the crop. And now that uh, we have the rules, we can travel to Faerun for question one. All right. Yep. So the uh, first 10 questions, uh, all the categories are going to be based on the D&D classes. So question number one is Barbarian. Barbarian was a 2022 horror movie starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and what New Girl alum, former boyfriend of Jessica Day? Uh, Matt, you see this one? I have not seen this one, no. It was a pretty cool horror movie. I liked it. And uh, directed by uh, Zach Krieger, right? Yeah. From uh, Whitest Kids You Know. Whitest the, Kids You Know. The, the <laughs> oh, really? Group. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Which is kind of interesting because he's, you know, didn't know he was a horror guy. But uh, that was Justin Long in that movie. Yeah, we said uh, star of Going the Distance, Justin Long. Yep, and that is correct, Justin Long. Uh, the way I described that movie, it was uh, The Hills Have Eyes in Suburban Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, why just because you know, it's funny um, how he came from a sketch group, directed a, a big indie horror movie, and then you got Key and Peele, uh, Peele coming from a sketch comedy show, directing a horror movie. So who knows? Yeah. Could be a whole new crop. All right. Question number two. Bard. William Shakespeare was known as the Bard. Which one of his plays ends with the death of Trojan Hector? All right, so Jeff and I threw out some names. I knew this was one of his more obscure plays. It has two names in it, kind of like Tristan and Isolde. Uh, we couldn't come up with it, so we locked in with Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy and the T-Rex. I think you guys are right. But, uh, Matt, do you have any idea? Maybe uh, maybe your uh, indie emo cred can uh, come through for you on this one. I know that this is based on uh, Hector and... Achilles, I believe, but I don't know the name of this play. I was going to say Titus Andronicus. Uh, oh, I the, love, the love in, that. Yeah, that's, that was my lead in. You missed it, though. Okay. I missed it. I, I don't know anything about Titus Andronicus, but uh, it sounds Greek. So, shall we? Sure. I don't think Hector's there, but we'll find out. All right. Actually, uh, no points on this one. The correct answer is Troilus and Cressida. Mm, okay. Yep. Those are the two names. Well, I wouldn't have come up with it, so. All right. uh, Question number three is Ranger. What man is arguably the most successful New York Ranger without a Stanley Cup? He made the team in 1962 and played for 15 seasons. He was the first Ranger to have his number retired and still holds the record for most goals as a Ranger with 406 and most points with 1,065. Started in 65. That's like so long ago. Say a hockey name for me. Wah. (laughs) Say a hockey Wah? Yeah. All right. Any idea, Matt? I was just going to say a hockey name. Uh, he, so he said without a Stanley Cup, so that takes out uh, Messier and Leach, which was what I would have gone with. Um, I don't know too many Rangers from the 60s, except for uh, now Walker, Texas. is It's too late. Um, I don't know. Name a hockey. Uh, let's say or. Oh, yeah. Could be a, could be an or. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is Rod Gilbert. Mm. Rod Gilbert. Oh, classic Rod. I should have known that. I didn't know that. His famous friend and him wrote musicals. Sullivan. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan. Took me a second. Mm. Uh, number four is Druid. 
Fred Rosser portrayed one of the Undertaker's druids during his entrance of WrestleMania 20. What name did he go by in WWE? While wrestling in the WWE, he was a one-time tag team champion. Rumor has it that he might be worth millions of dollars. Millions of dollars was the primetime player's uh, gimmick. And they were, I think, one-time champions. This would be around the era, because WrestleMania 20 was like 2003, 2004. Um, I'm, I know, so I'm torn between Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. And Titus O'Neil seems too big to be a druid. So I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say Darren Young. I had the exact same thought process as Matt, and uh, I believe it is Darren Young. Yeah, both teams are correct. It is huh. Darren Young. My druid would often That's turn into this. a werebear, so I wouldn't. <laughs> Titus O'Neil is like 6'7". I would have loved to see him stand toe-to-toe with the Undertaker as <laughs> yeah. a druid. would have been great. All right, uh, number five is wizard. Harry Potter is a wizard. Wizards need a good wand. What wood is Harry's wand made of? I wonder if it was extra effective during Christmas. Guess who actually knows this? Oh, I've seen I've seen so many Harry Potter movies in the last and Matt's two been playing years. So you're, good, so you're good to lock in. Yeah, and I and I've been playing the the Hogwarts game, and this is an option for the wood. What's the thing that the three wise men brought Jesus on Christmas? Didn't they bring him a, a some sort of wood? No. <laughs> <laughs> to build a house? It's it's gold, some, frankincense, and lumber. Cedar. <laughs> lumber. Yep, that was it. They're definitely bringing Jesus wood. Um, He's a carpenter, even as a baby. Oh, yeah, that would have probably have been a better gift, to be honest. I, I agree. Than the myrrh. Hey, you don't bring a baker, um, you know, a soldering iron. You We've talked a... about this before. Babies we don't need hate frankincense. Uh, so wait, a Christmas no. wood, Jeff. Um, what's a Christmas wood? Um, pine trees, I'm assuming. Oh, uh, pine. I like that. I don't I don't think it's pine. Pine's a <laughs> wood. Um, <laughs> it is. And, um, you know, you, you can't really wrap your phoenix feather core with wood. Um, so. Uh, what's the spell after spell? Busting out of wood. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of, oh no, not Fraser fir. That's not a wood. That's just a type of Christmas tree. Uh, I mean, tree. Like, they're, they're like Douglas fir. Douglas. I right. don't think it's a fir. It's made out of Douglas, Michael Douglas's it, bone is marrow. Is it you? Is you? that a thing? What's you? I don't know. Like a, a, a you bow. I don't know. I don't know. You know more about wood than I do. And I I feel like you might. <laughs> big wood guy. Big, big wood guy. Um, I'm going to say you. Uh, this is a, a wood that I used to live right under. I believe this is a Hollywood. This is, in oh. fact, Holly. It is a Hollywood. I thought wand. you were right, Jeff. I would have I whiffed on that. After five questions, looks like you guys have how many? 20. 20 points. We have 30. But question number six is Warlock. Warlock was a 1980s metal band from what country? The band was originally known as Snakebite and featured musicians such as Doro Pesh, Tommy Henriksen, Bobby Rodinelli, and John Levin. You just want to say uh, Norway? Because, you know, metal. They sound like a yeah, Norwegian we'll death metal band. It's funny. I was going to say Sweden. The, the two titans. Yeah, the two titans of, of death metal. So we'll slug it out and see who wins, shall we? If it's Finland. Where is Dusseldorf? Germany. I think they're German, but let's we can go Sweden. Ooh, they might be German. Let's go Sweden. We can go your answer, Sweden. No, though. no, I didn't even talk to you. You want to go Germany? I'm good with Germany. I just thought Dusseldorf would be funny, but I didn't know where it was. Where it was. Screw it. Let's say Germany. Okay. Uh, and your correct answer is what? Germany. What the hell is that? Got to go for the joke wow. answer. Listening to Neil is always worth it. I have a lot of Tiger Bomb on right now. Uh, oh, we know. <laughs> so my my jokes are going to be Bomb poor, off but the, <laughs> the jokes are poor, but the answers are pretty good. Uh, question number seven is Paladin. The Paladins, also called the Twelve Peers, were twelve legendary knights, the foremost members of what French court in the 8th century? They play a similar role to the Knights of the Round Table, representing Christianity against a Muslim invasion of Europe. I don't know any French courts. Yeah, I'm, I don't think we're going to come up with anything. La Resistance. Yeah, I, I have no idea, so that's fine. So the 8th century, this would be Charlemagne era. Neil. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from him being a god, what else do you know about Charlemagne? Um, really only that he's a god and he has a radio show uh, during breakfast. Um, Great radio show, yep. 
I don't know much, yeah, about this court. I thought um, you had, uh, I mean, you have a little bit of uh, French I do. I, this so. one's a little tough for me, because uh, all that's coming to mind right now is where Tony Parker used to practice in France, um, that court. But yeah, I'm not sure. Don't just say the court of Charlemagne? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, the correct answer is Charlemagne. Nice job. All right. Question number eight is Rogue. And this is uh, a D&D question. Yay. Let's assume you're playing a level five rogue in Dungeons and Dragons, 5e. You are the assassin subclass, and you have a singular rapier as a weapon. Assuming you have no magic items and no extra feats, how many dice would you roll on a successful attack on your first turn? It's the same number as the NBA Hall of Famer who died in July of 2022. Matt. Although it's a D and D question, I feel your version of the answer will be more precise. Do you know the number in question? If it's who I think it is, I do. All right, Jeff, they're locked in. Uh, I feel like we have to either look at this from the Dungeons and Dragons angle, which is your domain, or I can think of a basketball player that passed away. So I'm thinking that it would be a pretty low number. Um, usually, when you start out, you roll very few dice. Um, usually, one or two, depending on the circumstance. So, do you know anybody who might fit that? that bill i don't know about a one or a two um was that when bill russell passed away bill russell yeah he passed away last year what was his number i think it was six okay well let's go six okay you know that thing when they keep talking and then they get to the answer that i don't want them to get to yeah uh bill russell bill russell died in 2022 they retired his number throughout the league i'm pretty sure it's bill russell and he was number six and it makes sense because with the assassin subclass, you get more, and with the levels, you get more. So, uh, yep, correct answer is six. Uh, you get one d8 for the rapier, three d6 for sneak attack, and with the assassinate feature, you get to roll with advantage. So it's two d20 on that. All right, question number nine. The category is fighter. The UFC has the most has the most elite fighters in the world, arguably. What Swedish fighter is probably the greatest fighter to never win a UFC title belt? He lost two title fights to John Jones and one to Daniel Cormier. His first fight with Jones is in the fight wing of the UFC Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, we don't really know much about UFC fighters other than the ones that have uh, had movie careers or have been wrestlers. So uh, we have a name that we think could, I guess, be Swedish. So we're going to lock it in. Uh, Matt, what I know about this is I believe Cormier and John Jones are like more the the heavyweight sort of side of things, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's a light heavyweight, isn't he? I think he's a lighter guy. Uh, uh, I think it's it's like Chimyev, right? That sounds Chimyev. Russian. It's something like that. He, I'll, I'll trust you. That sounds Russian to me, but uh, yeah. go go with your gut. He definitely fought Bones and lost, so um, I would go with that. Okay. So, Chimyev. And as we said, uh, we weren't too sure. We just wrote down the name Miocic. Two Russian-sounding names for the Swedish question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no points on this one. Uh, it was actually Alexander Gustafsson. Uh, I think I've actually heard of him, but uh, wouldn't have been able to pull that. All right, and uh, the last question of the round is Monk. Monk Station is one of the stops on the subway system of which North American city? It features many works of art, including a Piquet Hell by Germain Bergeron. So I'm hearing a lot of French stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, Matt. Sounds French. So, Sounds Canadian. Do you like Do you like Quebec or Montreal or New Orleans, perhaps? So I would be between Montreal and Quebec, and I would lean Quebec. All right, for no reason. We're go Quebec. Um, and we said Montreal. <laughs> the correct answer is Montreal. Well, with that bumbling sorcerer, I barely knew her, managed to rack up 40, mere 40 points. And uh, Bards, what do you got? Bards we and the Bees? We have 60. All right. Wow. Gotta, gotta, we got to put our heads together here, Matt. Before we let's, get... Let's conjure uh, a little success. Speaking of conjuring up success, uh, we're going to be conjuring up a fun day of trivia at SporkleCon this year. The 2023 SporkleCon is going to take place September 8th through 10th in Washington, D.C., it's the largest trivia quiz con in the country with over $20,000 in cash prizes and charitable donations given away over the weekend. And uh, Matt, Ken, and Jeff are going to be there uh, doing a full game of trivia. Is that right, Matt? 
If you guys have played any of my Twitch games, it's going to be very similar. You're going to be able to play live uh, with us while we give you a good game. Yeah, and there's going to be over 50 events for uh, anyone who's showing up, different types of trivia. And if you want, you can use our special code, Triviality, to save $15 off a full weekend pass by going to SporkleCon.com. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump on into the swing round. All right. For the swing round today, it's a swing round of music. Uh, specifically dragons in music. I'm going to give you the name of a song with the word dragon in the title, plus I'm going to give you the year and the genre, and you just have to tell me the name of the band or artist that performed it. All right, so number one, Heart of a Dragon, 2003, Power Metal. Number two, Puff the Magic Dragon, 1963, Folk Rock. Number three, Dragon Queen, 2009, Indie Post-Punk. Number four, Dragon Attack, 1980, Rock. Number five, Killing the Dragon, 2002, Heavy Metal. Number six, St. George and the Dragon, 1979, Pop Rock. Number seven, Dragon, 2007, Alt-Rock Jazz, Number eight, Dance with the Dragon, 1976, Acid Rock. Number nine, Black Dragon Fighting Society, 2010, Emo Punk. And number 10, Red Dragon Tattoo, 1999, Pop Punk. All right, we have those dragons uh, in mind, and we'll be right back with our answers. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. We are back uh, from deliberating about our answers. And uh, just a quick shout out to my favorite dragon band, Little Dragon. Uh, oh, and I thought it was Imagine Dragons, Ken. No, it's Little Dragon. And uh, let's toss it uh, back over to Andrew and he'll give us the uh, descriptions one more time and we'll give our answers. All right. Let's start with number one, Heart of a Dragon, 2003 Power Metal. Got to be Dragon Force. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, what do we say for this one? Dio. This one we said Dio. Yes. <laughs> Two thousand three. They were still around. Uh, Dragon Force is correct. Damn. Yeah. I should have thought Did of he... that. Yeah, you really thought... should have. I had to make the first question. Two thousand three. Heart of a Dragon. Power Metal. <laughs> Who could it be? All right. Uh, number two. Puffs the Magic Dragon. Nineteen sixty three. Folk Rock. So we had a little bit of. Uh deliberation here between uh peter paul and mary and mamas and the papas and we went with mamas and the papas and you flipped wrong oh, oh no. this is peter paul and mary this is peter paul and mary 
Uh, number three is Dragon Queen 2009 Indie Post Punk. This one, uh, we we're just thinking of any indie post punk around that that you would hear at the Urban Outfitters, and we went with MGMT. We thought this was an update on a previously uh, huge hit of this band. We said ABBA. If you've ever listened to the show, I'm notoriously not good at music. Uh, this was actually the only band I hadn't heard of, of the ones I named. Uh, this was the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Mm. Oh, yeah. So Dragon, Dragon Queen, Map. tongue so That's big, licks everything clean. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> number four is Dragon Attack, 1980 Rock. So based on the description just being straight rock and the year, we're going to say it's Kiss. Mm. Yeah, we just said Judas Priest. Uh, this was Queen, actually. <sighs> really? Man. Yep. Uh, number five, Killing the Dragon, 2002 Heavy Metal. We went with uh, Rhapsody. Uh, this was a band uh, I saw live that was a lot of fun. We said Halloween. Uh, this was Dio, actually. Oh, Son of a bitch. I knew Dio was on here somewhere. <laughs> I could feel it. Well, yeah. It's about dragons. So. <laughs> Number six, St. George and the Dragon, 1979 Pop Rock. Based on the year and the genre, we went with Toto. This one I knew. Uh, we went with Toto. It is Toto. Oh, wow. what a good guess. <laughs> I don't know if the dragons were in Africa or not, but... <laughs> Uh, number seven is Dragon, 2007, alt-rock jazz. Just trying to fit that genre, we went with Mars Volta. Yep, we said Jewel. <laughs> uh, so d- don't come at me with some of these uh, descriptions, because this is just what, the, what it said for the song, whether or not the artist is primarily that or not. It's uh, Tori Amos. Mm. Oh, I was closer <laughs> than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> closer than we were, that's for sure. Number eight is Dance with the Dragon, 1976, Rock or Acid Rock. We felt one of these had to be Rush, so we went with Rush. Um, yeah, I think after they were meeting Alice, but before they were building cities, this was Jefferson Starship. It is Jefferson Starship. Uh, number nine, Black Dragon Fighting Society, 2010, Emo Punk. We thought this might have been uh, next to Back Country and Dragon Country. We're not sure. We said Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we were pretty confident that this was Gladys Knight and the Pips. <laughs> All of the emo band Gladys Knight. Uh, this is actually My Chemical Romance. Oh, Matt, how could you? I know. I, I Everything after the Black Parade. I'm that's the saddest thing that's ever happened in my life was that you what? You're getting that one wrong. Sorry. <laughs> uh, number 10 is Red Dragon Tattoo, 1999 Pop Punk. Uh, hopefully I get some redemption here because uh, Stacy's mom grew some scales and flew, I believe this is Fountains of Wayne. You got to trust someone who loves MILFs. So we also said Fountains of Wayne. This is, in fact, Fountains of he Wayne. He that so fast. I was like, I've never even heard of this. <laughs> this is amazing. After the swing round, it looks like Team uh, Sorcerer, I barely know her, picking up 15 points, bringing their total to 55. And the Bards and the Bees picking up 20, bring their total to 80. Speaking of dragons, uh, there are no dragons in this book, but I'm excited to announce my new book called Behind the Screens, Illustrated Floor Plans and Scenes from the Best TV Shows of All Time. If you check the show notes, Jeff will put a link in there if you'd like to pre-order the book. It's uh, full of TV floor plans, trivia, behind the scenes, uh, Easter eggs, and all that good stuff about all of your favorite TV shows, and I'd very much appreciate uh, your support. If you'd like to pick it up, check out some of the pictures. I think you'll like it, and uh, if anyone uh, orders one, just let me know, and I'll send you a signed uh, plate you can put on inside of your book. Nice. And uh, Matt and I have just taken a short rest, so I think we're ready for round two. All right. Uh, The second round, uh, all the categories are going to be Dungeons & Dragons Monsters. Uh, So number one is Beholder. It's often said that beauty... Beholder, I barely knew her. (laughs) I was like, I I hope it's Beholder. I don't want to be beholden to this joke, though. All right, Beholder. It's often said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but there is a lot more in an eye than just beauty. But thick fluid rests in the interior chamber and provides nutrients to these two parts of your eyes. The liquid must drain regularly and your body replaces it. However, if you develop glaucoma, this fluid will build up, creating an uncomfortable pressure in your eyes. Uh, nope, it's all mucus to me, or I pus, what is this? I don't know. No idea. Oh, man, I've, I've heard the term... 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to tap on this one. I think. I jelly. Yeah, we figured whatever joke you made, it wouldn't be very funny. But we said vitreous humor. Oh, and you're so close. This is actually your aqueous humor. Oh, oh joke jokes on that. you now, Jeff. Smart ass. <laughs> All right, question number two is Mind Flare. A Beautiful Mind is a 2001 movie starring Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly about famed mathematician John Nash. Who directed this movie? The director is known for including this family, his family members in small roles. Yep, Matt, uh, I'm pretty good with this one. Uh, I think it's Ron Howard, Opie himself, right? Uh, that would make sense. He puts his kids in everything. Yep, we locked in with Ron Howard. Don't forget about Clint. That's true. Uh, yeah, the correct answer is Ron Howard. Yeah, he has a very interesting filmography. A lot of different types of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got Rush, which was a, was a fun movie. Then he did a movie with Vince Vaughn. It was like a dark comedy, just randomly. So It's funny, I've never seen Rush, even though I love Nicky Lauda. Oh, yeah, you'd love that movie then. It's very well shot. It's pretty good. Yeah. Better than Driven with Fester Salome. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that was in the running. All right, uh, question number three. The category is Cobalt. In Magic the Gathering, the Kobold Drill Sergeant gives all other Kobolds plus zero, plus one, and what keyword ability? It's generally considered a green ability, though its prevalence in red is growing. All right, we can lock in here. Um, It could be one of many things, uh, Matt, but I think I have a pretty solid guess. Okay, so obviously, Neil, you're going to lean on me for this one, so I'm going to try not to butcher it like I did the last one. Yeah, I'm not strong right now. I need to lean on you. Green keyword ability, evergreen keyword abilities in magic. I think of a couple. I think of trample, which is <laughs> kind of trample. You barely barely knew her. I know. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, the other one is reach. And Watch Jeff overthink this one. I think I'm just going to go hoist with, himself. I think I'm going to go with trample. Yeah, I'm going with trample. The correct answer is trample. Crash, Crash of the Rhinos, classic. What does that mean, keyword trample? Yeah, so in, in Magic, um, like flying would be a keyword ability, mm-hmm. or there's an ability called like, you know, reach, where like you can block flying creatures. Okay. Um, trample just Do you remember flanking? Any excess mm-hmm. damage that would be done to a creature is dealt to the, the player. So if you were like playing as Dikembe Mutombo, your, your keyword would be block. Right. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I believe block is a keyword ability it's, right? it's no it's not it's a combat um like part of combat but this is all very um, fascinating Dikembe Mutombo move, would move probably on, be able to on. block additional creatures yeah so. no no no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all right number four is vampire vampires are extremely prevalent in pop culture or comedy and action alike vampires are everywhere but tell me who played the vampires known as the countess in American horror, horror story hotel it's rather fitting that she plays a monster. Hmm. Why would it be oh, fitting oh, that she oh. plays a monster? Because uh, wasn't Lady Gaga in one of those? Oh, yes. As a special guest? She's the, the big monster, and all her fans are the little monsters. Is that correct? So we're gonna, yeah, we're going to say it's uh, Lady Gaga. The, gags, the gagster. Hey, hey, let me get another look at those fangs. <laughs> uh, yeah, we said Lady Gaga. It is Lady Gaga. Should I not call her the gagster? No. <laughs> <laughs> all your friends can call her the gagster number five is owl bear while the amalgamation of an owl and a bear isn't yet possible i think the scariest combination would be the bubo virginianus or this type of owl mixed with the ursus arctus horribilis or this type of bear five points for each of the animals you can name okay so, jeff let's Ur- go to the latin urso arctus seems like a polar bear right I think Arctos, yeah, it makes me think polar bear. It makes yeah. me think Coca-Cola. Like the Arctic, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, well, there's what, like snowy owls? Right. Horrifying. I don't know if that's Snow horrifying. owls? Strikes, no, it's strikes fear into its enemies. Yeah, what's the type of owl? Strikes fear into voles. I, yeah. Well, actually, the voles don't even know. Dead before they know it can. I don't know any types of owl. I mean, I know there are different types, but I can't think of a name of a type of owl. I can think of like barn owls and snow owls and... How about maybe they're both winter themed. Maybe it's a snow owl and a polar bear. Sure. This is only for five points. Please. Yeah, let's do that. We're going to go with the uh, great horned owl mm-hmm. and uh, polar bear. Okay. So the correct answer, the Buo virginianus is the great horned owl. Uh, the polar bear is actually Ursus maritimus. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Curses Arctus Rebelis is actually the grizzly bear. Um, oh, that makes sense. Well, we'll take five. After the first five in the second round, uh, Sorcerer, I hardly knew her, picking up 35 points, bringing their total to 90 and slightly in the lead with an extra 30 points. The Bards and the Bees at 110. Question number six is Mimic. A Mimic and the Pokemon Ditto are basically the same thing, right? Well, probably not. But what number Pokemon is the Generation 1 Pokemon Ditto? You'll find it nestled in between Lapras and Eevee. All right, so Jeff is in. Um, unfortunately, I don't know enough about the order to be of help here, Matt. So I know that this is towards the back end of the 151, uh, with the last ones being the the birds and then the the dragon series. So I think it's somewhere in 130 to 140. I don't know for sure, um, but I would lock in with like 130. Four. Does okay. that sound good? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you're close. We said 132. And the correct answer is 132. Oh. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Who what is the, what's the We're Pokemon? We're falling a little short to, here today, Matt. Who's the Pokemon that looks like a mime that they made fun of in the movie? Mr. Mr. Mime. Mime. Oh, Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime. Okay. What does Ditto look like? What is that? Ditto is like a little pink blob. He's a little, but he can transform into anything. Right. But the eyes look really stupid. So, like, if you saw uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Mm -hmm. like any character that Ditto did, it would look like the character, except it would have stupid Ditto eyes. I see. Yeah. uh, Question number seven is Lich. In the Adventure Time episode titled The Lich, who voices the Lich? You might see him riding motorcycles or fighting Blade. So we're trying to figure out people who have ridden motorcycles and have been in Blade movies. We came up with Steven Dorff, but we don't think he's on Adventure Time. We know Patton Oswalt is in the third Blade. Maybe he rode a motorcycle at some point, so we said Patton Oswalt. All right. I'm a huge Adventure Time fan, and uh, my answer is confirmed because uh, this actor is in a ton of Guillermo del Toro films as well as Sons of Anarchy. Mm. Uh, so it's Ron Perlman. That's a good answer, yeah. Yep, the correct answer is Ron Perlman. A uh, fun fact about this, so I, was, I wrote these questions a few weeks ago, and I went to trivia last night. This was almost the exact one of the exact questions that was at trivia last nice. night. <laughs> You're wow. like, I got this. I, w- I would have not known it otherwise because I've never seen the episode of Adventure Time. <laughs> I would have said Ron Perlman. I, co- I totally forgot he's in Blade. Oh, uh, yeah. And if one, yeah, no, no, no worries. And his voice is perfect for a lich. Right. Hmm. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I would have been like, oh, yeah. All right, uh, question number eight is Basilisk. The Basilisk is mentioned in which of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales? It is the final tale of the 24 and has a lengthy prose sermon on the seven deadly sins. Do you know much about the Canterbury Tales enough to lock in on this? I think for me, this would be a Canterbury fail because I don't know any of them. Jeff, I don't know much about the Canterbury Tales other than the location, sort of what they're about, and the author. But other than that... Oh, um, I only know the author, so you're ahead of me on that So one. I think maybe we lock in with a different tale uh, of Southland, the Southland Tales. Are you okay with that? <laughs> Rich, Richard Kelly's uh, hit, hit film, hit sophomore effort. Uh, okay, sure, you're in with uh, Southland Tales? Yep. All right. I think some of the Canterbury Tales are named after, like, figures... Like mm-hmm. the the peasant, the pauper, etc. So let's say the priest. Uh, the correct answer is the Parsons tale. Mm. Ah, Jim Parsons. Mm. Parsons. Not quite. Okay. Alan Parsons. Yes. Now, project. see, this is a reference <laughs> I can that, get by. Now that's a tale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine. The category is gelatinous cube. The 1950s featured a massive amount of gelatinous foods. What dish is described as follows? Molded in a pie plate, this entry features a can of soggy mixed vegetables encased in lemon gelatin. The 1950s recipe card suggested serving with a tartar sauce garnish. If I had a time machine, I'd go back and kill the person who came up with that. Oh, like all of the good housekeeping recipes from the 50s and 60s seem horrible. And it makes me realize that we don't really have American cuisine. And I'm kind of glad for it. Uh, vomit pie, Matt. Is that good? <laughs> but it's better than anything I'll come up with. All right, vomit pie. 
maybe we just go with what Jerry Seinfeld put in his jacket and in his couch. We'll say mutton. Uh, the correct answer is veg all pie plate salad. Oh, oh thanks. Veg all pie so, plate uh, salad? Here, here's the thing. Yep. Wh- whatever company like came up with that recipe, they were just trying to sell more like, okay, so we got a surplus of it's, green beans and tartar sauce and pie probably, crust. I bet it was Jell-O. I bet it was Jell-O. Yeah. They came I up. love the mm-hmm. Mad Men um, you know, uh, agency room or whatever with uh, Don Draper, and they're like, how are we going to advertise? What are we going to name this thing? It's like, what are all the ingredients? Veg? A salad? What's a veg salad? Plate? It's horrible. <laughs> it's bad. All right, one last chance to uh, roll a critical hit here, Matt. Let's get question 10. Question number 10 is Goblin. Goblin Valley State Park is located in which U.S. state? It features thousands of mushroom-shaped rock pinnacles called hoodoos or goblins. The park lies within the San Rafael Desert on the southeastern edge of the San Rafael Swell, north of the Henry Mountains. Sounds like a nice place. The Goblin Mm -hmm. Goblin Park. Goblin Uh, Town. Do you want to just take take a swipe at this one? Yeah, some... Feeling a little southwest, maybe. I think the I think Somewhere. the armor class exceeds our uh, our hit capability, so we got to roll that that nat twenty. So we'll see. Any idea on this one? You know geography stuff. Um, I'm thinking of a big place that I wouldn't know a lot about. That's not as much of a like kind of a monobiome, right? Like so, something like um, New Mexico is pretty much all desert everywhere, with very few exceptions. So I was thinking something more diverse ecologically, like a California or a Texas. And then when I thought about Texas, I thought that our host was from Oklahoma. So maybe it's in Oklahoma. I like that game um, theory. But I, I don't know. Let's do game the theory. The Henry Mountains could very well be anywhere. Let's say Oklahoma. Why not? New Mexico. Uh, the correct answer is Utah. Oh, man. Utah. At the end of regulation, both teams only picking up 10 points. Sorcerer, I barely knew her, uh, is going to end with 100 going into the final round. And the Bards and the Bees is going to end with 120 going into the final round. But before we do that, just wanted to give a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast, you can join a uh, growing number of folks who love to support the show, get extra bonus audio content like the Crop Drop and the uh, monthly Patreon bonus, as well as a bunch of other perks like getting episodes early and our newest episodes ad-free. Jeff, uh, you always have some really nice heartfelt words for our patrons. What do you want to say to them today? Yeah, uh, we were talking about our wagers earlier, and I want to say backing us on Patreon and getting mediocre content is a safe bet. There you go. Well, thank you uh, to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you'd like to join the fray, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. All right. uh, Your five final categories are all going to be Dungeons & Dragons spells. Uh, so number one is Fireball. Number two is Magic Missile. Number three is Wish. Number four is Sleep. And number five is Fly. The wagers are now locked in, and everybody wants to roll that natural 20 because it's going to be 20s all their way down for both teams. Uh, let's go ahead and get the questions. All right, question number one in the category of Fireball. Fireball is a 2011 electro-pop hip-hop song by Willow Smith. The song features what Trinidadian-born rapper and singer? Question number two in Magic Missile. Magic Missile is a Dungeons & Dragons staple. It's so popular because it deals force damage, which not a lot of enemies have resistance to, as well as it almost always hits. What is the one low-level spell that can stop Magic Missile? Number three is Wish. Wish is a pretty popular e-retail company. It was created by a former Google engineer and has over 1,000 employees while earning over $2 billion in revenue. But in what year was Wish founded? Within one year. Category four, in Sleep. A 1937 surrealist painting titled Sleep features a large, soft head and virtually non-existent body supported by several crutches. Who painted this work of art? And number five is Fly. The fly stroke, or butterfly stroke, is a swimming stroke swung swung on the chest with both arms moving symmetrically, 
accompanied by the butterfly kick, also known as the dolphin kick, along with movement of the hips. What American male currently holds the record for both the short course and long course butterfly? We have our questions. We'll be right back with our answers. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. We are back from our long rest, and uh, let's go ahead and get those questions one more time, see how we did. And again, it's 20s all the way down for both teams. All right, question number one in the category of Fireball. Fireball is a 2011 electro-pop hip-hop song by Willow Smith. The song features what Trinidadian-born rapper and singer? Uh, pretty sure that this is uh, Nicki Minaj. We agree. We said Nicki Minaj. Uh, yep, the correct answer is Nicki Minaj. Uh, number two in the category of Magic Missile. Magic Missile is a D&D staple. It's so popular because it deals force damage, which not a lot of enemies have resistance to, as well as it almost always hits. What is the one low-level spell that can stop Magic Missile? Uh, as I told Matt, I'm not too sure on this because I tend to avoid casters uh, when I play D&D, but uh, I said that force field sounded about right, so we guessed force field. Are you a fan of caster Troy? <laughs> yes. Um, Could eat a peach for hours. We think one of the <laughs> best ways to block something is with a shield, so we said shield. The correct answer is shield. Mm. Question number three in Wish. Wish is a pretty popular e-retail company. It was created by a former Google engineer and has over 1,000 employees, all earning over $2 billion in revenue. But in what year was Wish founded within one year? Well, we had to guess that it was a little earlier than one would expect, so we said 2010. That's really funny because we had that exact same discussion and the same answer. That's uh, also really funny because that is the exact answer. <laughs> 2010. Uh, category four is Sleep. A 1937 surrealist painting titled Sleep features a large, soft head and virtually non-existent body supported by several crutches. Who painted this work of art? Uh, when you talk about surrealism around that time, I think of Magritte and Dali, and we went with Dali. We know that there are no rhinoceroses in this painting, but we still think it's Dali. The correct answer is Dali. All right. And question number five in fly. The butterfly stroke or fly stroke is a swimming stroke swum on the chest with both arms moving symmetrically, accompanied by the butterfly kick, also known as the dolphin kick, along with movement of the hips. One American male currently holds the record for both the short course and long course butterfly. Uh, we went with the man who eats 7,000 calories in one sitting, uh, Michael Phelps. Yeah, we couldn't think of another swimmer. Uh, we know that he he's really good at this one, so we said Michael Phelps. Yeah, so this one, unless you follow swimming at all, is probably the hardest question on here. Uh, Michael Phelps held the, sh the long fly 
record until 2009, but has never actually held the short fly. Uh, it's actually Caleb Dressel. Oh, I didn't know Good that. old Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> well, after all the points have been wagered, Sorcerer, I barely knew her, picking up 20 points, bringing their total to 120. And the Bards and the Bees picking up 60 points, and the lead and the win with 180 points, making them today's cream of the crop. Crop rules everything around me. Mm. They slayed the dragon. They completed the mission. They went into the cave and found the crystal. Stuff like that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. Could be. Yeah. It depends on what you write. Your your imagination is is your boundary. Well, I like that. I, uh, coming soon to a Cineplex podcast plex near you is going to be my DM'd game for all of you to play. 2023. I think we should your do imagination it. I think we should, your we should play D&D on podcast. Oh, like a like a, maybe, I absolutely like a Patreon bonus if, or something. If we hit a certain threshold, maybe on the on the Patreon. Is there like a just do a just do like a one shot or something? Yeah. Is there a Magic the Gathering or not Magic the Gathering? A Dungeons and Dragons like special number that we can say is you know like is there like spell you know Horcrux five forty five or something? I'm sure there's something we could we could look into it. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, that'd be fun. Three fourteen to Yuma. Is that this one? <laughs> are we have we passed that? Uh, well, um, Andrew, thank you so much for this game. Uh, we were excited to play it, and we think everyone at home who knows a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons will have fun with it. And then people who don't know it at all, like me, um, I had fun kind of learning all these fun words. So, any uh, any fun words from you before we let you go today? No, just uh, if you're going to play D&D, uh, try to be original. You don't always have to be a, a horny bard or an edgelord rogue. There you go. Wise words. Words, words to live yeah, by. Yeah, don't be a horny bard. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for uh, joining us today. And uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we mentioned it all before, but uh, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. We'll see you at SporkleCon, September 8th through 10th. And uh, check out my book, Behind the Screens, for Jeff, Matt, Ken, and Andrew. My name is Neil, and that was today's episode of Triviality.